Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church on this fourth Sunday of Advent. On behalf of our senior pastor, Dr. Steve McConnell, and our church staff, I want to wish you all a very blessed Christmas. The opening prelude in our service this morning will be played by Carolyn Decker at the piano and Judy Lutz at the organ. Our introit will be sung by the chancel choir with John Dockham narrating. We'll also be having our creative signers taking part, Valerie Austin, Linda Evans, and Susie Welch. Dr. McConnell is preaching from Micah chapter 5 with the title, O Come Let Us Ignore Him. Sounds interesting. And again, thank you for joining us. May God richly bless you. Church of the Palms. My name is Sandy Snyder and I serve as an elder in our congregation. We begin our service today with the opening prayer printed on the cover of your bulletin. Now let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Let your face shine on us, mighty God. Break through the obstacles that keep us from seeing your way. Melt down the barriers that keep us from knowing the embrace of your love. Remove from us the low self-esteem that keeps us from valuing the overwhelming gift of life that you entrust to us. Speak to us here in life-changing accents. Amen. Now as our service continues with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
Today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, the ritual of candle lighting continues. The circle of greens that hold all the candles represents God's eternity. The lighted candles symbolize faith, hope, and joy. Today, we will light the candle which symbolizes peace and the message of good news. Listen to the scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 2 and 6 through 9, which reveal the good news. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The wolf shall live live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. candle today in preparation for the coming of Christ.
welcome to worship on this fourth Sunday of Advent. The psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, how great you are. You are robed with honor and with majesty and with light. You stretched out the starry curtain of the heavens. You hollowed out the surface of the earth to form the seas. The clouds are his chariots. He rides upon the wings of the winds. The angels are his messengers, his servants of fire. Bless the Lord, O oh my God. Amen. You may be seated. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace.
the Bible says that all have sinned. And the psalmist David was being transparent when he wrote, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And therefore he prayed that God in his mercy would blot out, blot out his transgressions. Let us read together our prayer of confession. What shall we do, O God? We can never do enough to deserve your love. We confess that we are not always truthful. We have defaced the purity of your love for us. We have embraced ugliness and oppression rather than loveliness and grace. We have distorted your cries for justice in order to benefit ourselves. We have given less than our best to others and to you. Forgive us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Hebrews tells us that Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin for salvation. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And let us reaffirm our faith as we say the, uh, the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us greet each other.
Good morning. We are so grateful that you're with us this morning as we draw nigh unto Bethlehem on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Just one day away from our Christmas Eve celebration, and we hope that you have uh, found a service to attend. We have a couple of them on Christmas Eve. On the back of your bulletin, you'll see our four Christmas, our five Christmas Eve services that are scheduled. Uh, four here in the sanctuary and uh, one over in the garden at 5.30. Our family service is at five o'clock, so if you have younger children somewhere in your life and want to invite them to come and be a part of that as well as any member of your family, it is a, it is a great celebration. And then our traditional candlelight services are at seven, nine, and 11. So we hope that you'll be with us as we, as we celebrate the birth of the newborn Savior. Please sign the friendship pads in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor. And perhaps uh, today you'll see somebody you haven't seen before, and that will give you a chance to put name and face together and welcome them into our midst. We, uh, as we head toward the end of the year, we are looking forward to uh, completing our stewardship um, emphasis. And we encourage you, if you've not yet had a chance to participate in that, there are uh, cards available here in the sanctuary. We are closer and closer to our goal and we would love for you to help us out to get to that final point where we can fully fund all those things that we wish to do for 2013. And if you have any questions about that, please don't hesitate to call us at the church office. Also, we um, want to remind you that two weeks from today, January the 6th, Epiphany Sunday, is our change of schedule. So you 915 worshipers, we're inviting you and encouraging you to come 15 minutes earlier, 9 o'clock, for our services at 9 o'clock. We'll start in January, on January 6th, and that will give us some time for equipping and Sunday school and opportunities for both adults and children and families, and we would love to have you participate in those things as well. So we encourage you to take note of that as uh, we make that change two weeks from today. And also we keep in our prayers the family of June Perquette, who passed away recently and services for her will be a week from today on the 30th of December at 2.30 in the afternoon. Now let's invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Wow, you guys look great. So nice to see you. Good morning. I saw you at the mall. Good morning. Great dress. Hello. Hello. And here comes the little guys that have been practicing singing this morning. Excellent. Hey, Steph. Good morning. Good morning. We're making it. We're making it. All right. Well, Merry Christmas Eve Eve. So glad you're here. You know, one of my favorite movies is The Sound of Music. And she sings, Maria sings this song called My Favorite Things. And I was wondering if you would want to share one of your favorite things with us today. Just what's one, of, like one of my favorite things is playing games with my family. Love to do that. Does anybody have a favorite thing they want to share? Fishing. Fishing is one of his favorite things. Awesome. Yeah, Grant. Watching football with my dad. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm going to get my workout today, Matthew. Eating ice cream with my family. Eating ice cream. Excellent. Do you have one? Can you stand up? What's your favorite thing? Bad boys. What is it? 
Bubbles. Oh my gosh, when life was so simple, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, come on up, Tallulah. Christmas. Oh, come here, in the microphone. Christmas. Christmas, one of your favorite things. Do you have a favorite thing? Party. Parties, yes. Swimming. Swimming is a favorite thing, and even think of that on a cold day like today. Amy. Building complicated Lego sets. Building complicated Lego sets, yes. That wouldn't be my favorite thing, yes. Playing games with my family. And playing games. Okay, one last one, Neil. Favorite thing? Playing marbles. Playing marbles, that's awesome. Did you even know they still played marbles? That is so great. Well, in this song, Maria sings, Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, da -da 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 -da, warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up in string. These are a few of my favorite things. So, I imagine on Christmas morning, you might have a few presents under the tree that have your name on them, right? If you had one in this brown paper package tied up in a string that had your name on it, or you had this one, with your name on it. Which one do you want to open first? Absolutely, because the good gifts come wrapped really, really well. Well, you know what? That might be why some people missed God's gift to us, because when he gave us the gift of Jesus, he didn't come in a fancy package. He came to a woman, young Jewish girl who was a virgin, his dad on earth, was a poor carpenter. They had to ride a donkey for like 70 miles to be born in a stable, a stinking stable in Bethlehem. That is not fancy. That is not pretty wrapping. That is a plain package wrapped up in string. But it's the greatest gift of all. It's the gift of love and salvation. And guess what? It's got your name on it, Ryan. It's got your name on it, Brooke. It's got my name on it. It's got all of their names on it. And there's no strings attached. It's your gift. And what do you do after you get a gift? You open it, and then what do you do? You do celebrate. Do you have to say any? Oh, my new friend who's visiting from Connecticut. What do you do? You say thank you. Thank you. That's right. You know the best way that we can say thank you to God for the greatest gift ever is to share that love that he gave us with everybody that we meet. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the greatest gift ever. Open my eyes to see those people who need your special love and let me be the one that gives it to them with my words and my actions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
As we prepare for the celebration of Christ's birth, you may have noticed the beautiful plants that now adorn the sanctuary as well as the campus center and the uh, names of those who gave the plants and who they were given in memory or in honor of are listed in the back of the bulletin. And so um, we appreciate your generosity in adding to the beauty of this worship space. Let us go to God in prayer together. Gracious God, on this eve of Christmas Eve, we come to you with hearts filled with gratitude for the gift of your Son, the greatest gift ever given, as Lori has just reminded us in the message to the children. We praise you. We worship you. We give you all honor and glory for your incarnation in Jesus the Christ, for living and walking and loving and healing and teaching in our midst, for that message that echoes down through all these ages, still touching hearts, changing minds, transforming lives. And so as those who identify ourselves as followers of the Christ, we pray that we would not lose track of that plain package wrapped up in a string. We pray that we would not lose sight of the significance of this time of year when we remember the birth of the Christ child when we reflect on what your activity has meant in each one of our lives. 
when we as brothers and sisters in Christ listen for your word to us through hymns and carols and scripture passages that can be so familiar. By the work of your Spirit, speak to us afresh so that we may be touched once again by the one who is the Prince of Peace. And having been touched by the one who was born in the manger, empower us to be your hands and feet, your eyes and ears in this world that is hurting in so many ways. Help us to be carriers of the good news of your love and grace, of your desire to be in intimate relationship with each one of us through Jesus Christ. Empower us to be agents of peace for the Prince of Peace. We were reminded just a little more than a week ago of just how violent and how lost our culture can be. And we see each day the sad news, the heartbreaking news of war and inhumanity and grief. And sometimes we despair. And then we remember. We were reminded of that plain paper package wrapped up in the manger. So thank you, God. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit so that we may be about doing your will and your work. And so prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ anew in us as we pray the prayer he taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In response to the greatest gift ever given, to the Christ child born in the manger, we return to God a portion of the blessings he has entrusted to us. Let us continue our worship.
Gloria in excelsis Deo. O holy child of Bethlehem, be born in us today as we present these gifts before you, O God. Bless and multiply them according to your purpose. Use what we give to assist students as they seek to fulfill the potential you have placed within each of them. Use these gifts so that hungry people in our community may be fed, so that people in faraway places like Nigeria who have never heard the scriptures in their own language may hear the good news of Jesus Christ, so that those who are without sight today in places like Honduras can see once again, use what we give so that the good news of Jesus the Christ may go out from this place, multiply it according to your will. We dedicate these gifts to that purpose in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. be seated.
Our scripture this morning is from the prophet Micah, the fifth chapter, verses two through five. Hear the word of God. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the least of the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We are grateful, O Lord, for that little child born away in a manger. We are grateful for the word made flesh, the word that comes to us in your scripture, and we pray that this word that follows will simply shine light upon the one who brings light into our darkness, the one who seeks to redeem us from our sin. So bless us in Christ's name, amen. I don't know about you, but Christmas has not always worked out for me as planned. Has that ever been the case for you? Christmas has not worked out as planned. I have never been in anything other than a minister's family. And when you are in a minister's family, you know that Christmas is all about planning. You have services to plan, you have bulletins to plan, you have decorations to plan, you have pageants to plan, you have parties to plan, gifts to plan. You have cards to plan, sermons to plan. Christmas is all about planning. But Christmas has not always worked out as planned. When I think of this, one childhood Christmas comes to mind. It is a Christmas my family remembers as the flu Christmas. It was the Christmas my mother was sick with the flu. Now, my mother was the engineer of the McConnell Christmas celebration. My father was the engineer of the church Christmas celebration, but my mother was the engineer of the McConnell Christmas celebration. But three days before Christmas, she came down with the flu, and she was down with it, in bed, aches, chills, everything else you can imagine about the flu. But because she was a planner, she had already done a lion's share of the shopping and wrapping, so that part of Christmas was intact. But the other pieces of Christmas, you know, the little things, the little touches, the cookies and the stocking stuff and the traditional McConnell family Christmas breakfast, that was sort of kind of out the door. McConnell men don't do a lot of cooking. So we limped our way into Christmas morning, and by that time, Mother was rallying enough that she could make her way onto the lazy boy chair in the family room downstairs next to the fireplace. So we gathered up all the Christmas gifts from the tree and brought them down into the basement and had our little Christmas exchange down there. So we exchanged all of our gifts and like many American homes with children, what we were left with was a huge pile of Christmas wrapping. So we got the bright idea to build a fire in the fireplace with some logs and the wrappings, all the wrappings. We stuffed them in there nice and good. This was supervised by my father. 
We filled the whole thing up with wrappings. This was going to be a great Christmas fire. So my father struck the match and off went the fire. And I'm not sure how long it took us. Probably when the flames began lipping out of the fireplace and onto the Christmas cards lodged into the bricks. That's another thing we did at Christmas time. It was when the flames started catching onto the cards that we realized that we had forgotten to open the flue. <laughs> we forgot to open the flue, yells my father. Get some water. And there the three boys stood in front of the growing flames, lipping onto the Christmas greetings, transfixed by the beauty of the whole thing. <laughs> Move, he screamed. And with that, we dashed, tripping up ourselves up to the kitchen, getting pots and pans to douse the sealed flu Christmas inferno. All right in front of our flu-infected mother coughing the smoke-filled air. Christmas does not always go as planned. And that's a problem, isn't it? Christmas not going as planned, because if there's anything we want to go the way we want it to go, it's Christmas. We have, each of us, a certain idea of how Christmas is supposed to go. Each of us has a picture of the way Christmas is supposed to look. Maybe it's a Courier Knives Christmas. Maybe it's a Miracle on 34th Street Christmas. Maybe it's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Maybe it's a Disney World Christmas. Maybe it's a conflict free Christmas. Maybe it's a stress-free Christmas or a family-filled Christmas or a holly jolly Christmas. I was at a shopping mall a few years ago and I was in the store that was unfortunately positioned right next to the shopping mall Christmas centerpiece, a giant 20-foot mechanical Christmas singing polar bear and the only song this 20-foot mechanical Christmas singing polar bear sang was, Have a jolly, jolly Christmas, over and over and over again. I asked the store clerk what it was like to work all day next to our polar bear friend, and he said that he was no longer dreaming of white Christmases, but having nightmares of singing polar bears. <laughs> Christmas does not always go as planned. In small things, and in big things, maybe the loved one who shared your Christmases for years is no longer here. You didn't plan on that. Maybe the good health you enjoyed and took pride in has managed to escape you. You didn't plan on that. Maybe the peace that you once enjoyed in your family has been rent asunder. You didn't plan on that. Maybe the job that once afforded you your annual Christmas shopping spree has changed or is gone. You didn't plan on that. Maybe your heart has been broken. You didn't plan on that. Maybe the pall of Newtown still rests upon you. You didn't plan on that. With these and a thousand other things, there comes the possibility that the scaffolding of our Christmases could be dismantled, that the picture we have in our minds of what Christmas should be has to be redrawn, our best laid plans set aside. 
Who's to know what the wise men had in mind when they followed that star? It took them east, but who was to know what the east would bring? But when they got to Jerusalem, it all, I'm sure, began to make sense. Ah, after all, where would the king of the Jews be born? But in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where the action was. Jerusalem was where the temple was, and quite a temple. I mean, we mean temple, the great Herodian temple built by none other than great King Herod the Great. We heard about him last week. Of course, the king of the Jews would be born in Jerusalem. Find the chief priest's house. He's likely there. Find the head scribe's house. He's likely there. Find maybe even King Herod's house. He has some Jewish blood, you know. Likely he's there. Where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? It's the right question to ask in Jerusalem. Jerusalem has the temple. It has the history. It has the scaffolding. It has the right picture. If you're going to make plans for Christmas, Jerusalem is where you want to be. So surprise. Christmas is not going to take place in Jerusalem. Christmas is not going to take place in Courier and Ives. Christmas is not going to play, take place on 34th Street. Christmas is not going to take place at Neiman Marcus. Christmas is going to take place in that little village across the tracks. Christmas is going to take place where shepherds rub their hands to keep warm. Christmas is going to take place where the inn, maybe the only inn, doesn't have any room. Christmas is going to take place among a couple of teenagers tainted with illegitimacy. Christmas is going to take place in a barn, in a feed bin for cows. Christmas is not going to go as planned, at least not maybe our plans. You remember Robert Burns' poem that came from his reflection on the nest of a field mouse, the plans of this little mouse's protection for the winter, losing it as the result of a cut of a farmer's plow, the best laid schemes of mice and men gang off to glay and leave us not, but grief and pain for promised joy. Promised joy? What is the promised joy of Christmas? Is it the joy we promise ourselves, that, that Christmas will go as we planned it? Is that where the joy is to be found in our best laid schemes? God knows if we had planned it, Christmas would have been in Jerusalem. Christmas would have been in the temple with colored lights and singing polar bears. But ours was not the plan, thank God. For had it been, we would have missed the whole thing. Sometimes your own plans can get in the way. So the wise men, being wise men, didn't let the scenery deter them, didn't let the scenery detour them. They, they heard, Herod, that it was in Bethlehem that Christmas would take place, so they kept following the star. They followed the star through Jerusalem, through King Herod, through the shopping mall, through the Christmas muzak, through the mistletoe. They followed the star to where the star took them, and it took them to Bethlehem. It took them to the out-of-the-way place. It took them to a couple of scared kids and some shady shepherds. And there he was born. 
not where anyone would have planned except maybe the prophet of long ago, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are the one of the least of the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel. He shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. In Bethlehem, of all places. Oh, come, let us not ignore Bethlehem. And they would have ignored it had they not followed the star where the star took them. You see, it was all about the following. It was, it was not about what they had expected. It was not about what they had planned. It was all about the following. Is it possible that Advent, the season of preparation, that the preparation that we are to be about is the preparation to follow, that, that Advent is about the following, following where the cosmic signs lead us? Not necessarily the stars in the sky, but the one behind the stars, the one who so loved his world that he sent his son, the one who is love. God is love, and this is love, writes the apostle, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Is it possible that Advent is when we prepare ourselves to follow the one, to follow love where love leads us, and love leads us to all sorts of crazy places and usually not where we would have planned. And sometimes even where we don't want to go. Oh, come, let us not ignore him. Let us not ignore the one who says love, love one another. He says love God, love neighbor, love enemy. Love will take us places we had not planned on, places sometimes we don't even want to go. Sometimes at Christmas, love will take us to our grief because grief is where our love is and that's where Jesus can be born. Sometimes love will take us to our broken relationships because it was in those relationships that love once abided and where love once was, Jesus can be born again. Sometimes love will take us to our scarcity because it is when we feel helpless that we can open ourselves to be loved and Jesus can be born again. Sometimes love will take us to our disappointments for it is in our disappointments that we learn how much more we have to learn and Jesus can be born again. And sometimes love will take us out of ourselves Sometimes love will take us to those places across the tracks. Sometimes love will take us to those people and places some call illegitimate or unfortunate or dangerous, or risky or immoral because love knows no bounds and that's where Jesus can be born. Oh, come. Let us not ignore those places and those people where love will take us. I read in the paper this week that one of those little boys killed in Newtown was to be buried in the jersey that bore the number of his favorite professional football player, Victor Cruz, wide receiver of the New York Giants. When Cruz got the word that the little boy had borne his number in his casket, 
he knew where love would take him, away from the stadium of fans to a living room in Newtown, because that's where love needed him to be, doing something he was not trained to do, comforting a grieving family. We follow the star where the star leads us. Maybe that's what I heard when a few years ago I was talking to a gentleman nearing his death. I asked him, because it was Christmas time, what was a Christmas that was most meaningful to him? He said it was back in 1950. 1950, he was an army reservist and much to his surprise had been called into active duty when the Korean conflict broke. They sent him to Germany to backfill the troops that had gone to the Korean Peninsula. It was close to Christmas, and it wasn't what he had planned. He had two little boys and a wife back home, and he couldn't understand why they needed him here in the backyard of an enemy he had fought just five years earlier. This wasn't Christmas, he said. It was around then that the man said the division chaplain came by and told him that he needed some help. He was uh, collecting toys and food, and, and could he help? Well, toys and food for what, he asked. Oh, you'll see, said the chaplain. So for the next couple of days, they collected toys and food and a few more soldiers, and on Christmas Day, they loaded up their trucks and drove a few dozen miles away to a little campus of buildings off the highway, and with their bags of toys and boxes of food, they jumped off their trucks and walked into the main building, and there, wall to wall, table after table, were scores of German orphans, little children left behind by the ravages of war, little children whose fathers were not coming home. And so the man said, we opened up our bags and child by child, we gave our gifts, we served our food, we poured our milk, we made them laugh, we sang our songs and watched them smile. And not one of us didn't want to take each of those kids home with us, he said. Funny, said the man, what I thought would be my worst Christmas turned out to be my best. You don't know where love will take you, but it probably won't be where you planned. Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? In Bethlehem of all places, the least among the tribes of Judah.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Watching our 9 o'clock worship service as it's televised live on channel 189 of Comcast Cable. It's also seen on the internet by live streaming. Our Christmas Eve services are always well attended, so to help you make plans to join us in our sanctuary, here's our Christmas Eve schedule and description of the contents of each service. The 5 p.m. service in the sanctuary. This service, designed especially for families, includes Christmas cards, drama, scripture, and brief meditation. God's Kids and Kids of the Kingdom choirs will sing during this service. Nursery care is available, but children of all ages are encouraged to attend. 5.30 p.m. silent night service in the garden of the campus center. This will be a reflective evening of music, story, communion, and a Christmas message to inspire and uplift us. Gather with us as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Child care is available. At 7 o'clock and 9 p.m. in the sanctuary, these two services of lessons, Christmas meditation, and carols will feature the Jubilee Handbell Choir, the Chancel Choir, the Praise and Glory Singers, and the Cantori Choir. Child care is available. At 11 p.m. in the sanctuary, a service of lessons, meditation, and carols. Music will be provided by members of our Sounds of Glory Orchestra, instrumental soloist, organ, and Mr. Yuri Vasilaki playing O Holy Night on the viola. We look forward to your joining us on Christmas Eve.
This is Jimmy Lance. Although the stress of traffic, shopping, and other commitments may seem overwhelming at times, we remind you of Dr. McConnell's advice earlier in this Advent season. Read the first chapter of the New Testament, the book of Matthew. Read alone, read with your family, read with a friend. There lies the true meaning of Christmas and what it means to us. Enjoy Christmas Day. Enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning.